Hey, if we want to build the future, we're gonna need some things. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you're a helping professional in any way, diversity and clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today, I want to share a few thoughts, uh, encouraging words about valuing humanity in the midst of police brutality. Now, many of you have heard or and or seen the latest, unfortunately, too common occurrence of police brutality, namely the murder of Tyree Nichols by five police officers in Memphis. In consideration of the vast variety of emotional and often traumatic responses, continued exposure to incidences like this can cause, I seek not to use this podcast opportunity to restate the facts or re-expose you to the gruesome details of this event. Instead, acknowledging the efforts many are making to identify ways to move forward in a healthy way, I've realized that there are often some common barriers that are getting in the way of successful coping individually, as well as successful working together to find solutions for change. Whether it be at home, with family or friends, or in a workplace or broader community, progress is hindered when we don't realize the misunderstanding barriers that are getting in the way. So in order to contribute to healthier internal coping, as well as relational conversations that can lead to ideas for change, here are some considerations on common misunderstandings regarding police brutality in this incident and beyond. Consideration number one, we must ensure that we value every life. Every loss of life is sad because every life matters. This has been a common controversy regarding the phrase Black Lives Matter, as the emphasis of the phrase is not to suggest that Black lives are the only ones that matter, rather that in contrast to the reality that Black people people, uh, have disproportionately experienced words and behaviors and actions that suggest that their lives do not matter at all or as much as others, the lives of Black people do in fact matter enough to take take steps to preserving their lives as much as reasonably possible, as much as anyone else. This is just one of the reasons why incidences of police brutality like this hit many people hard. 
because it often involves words or actions, often fatal actions that are so callous, disrespectful, and inhumane that it sends a message not only to the victim, but also to anyone who's watching that identifies with that victim that their lives do not matter at all. Not enough to be treated with even the least amount of civility. In this incident, these officers can even be heard enjoying the experience of dehumanizing someone else that ultimately resulted in complete loss of life. If you find yourself in conversation with someone regarding this difficult topic of police brutality, take a step back from the details of the incident and ask yourself whether there are opportunities to fulfill law enforcement obligations while also maintaining value for the lives of everyone involved. Consideration number two, police brutality isn't limited to white police officers. Another thing that has stood out in this incident is the reality that five the five officers involved were people of color. In a world where the most common depiction of police brutality is of white officers beating and or killing a black victim, this fact has contributed to division in many relationships. On one side of the argument, many unfortunately use this fact as an excuse to dismiss police brutality altogether, arguing that we're not the bad guys after all. See, you guys do it to each other. And on the other side of the argument, many people of color feel a deep sense of sadness, in part because it gives others an excuse to justify mistreatment and dismiss their legitimate need for change of police reform. Not only that, but it also reflects a potentially deep-seated internalized self-hatred for one's own people that generates sadness. This incident revealed to many what others already knew. Police brutality isn't limited to white officers. In addition, there are many officers, no matter what their race or ethnicity, who do not commit or condone police brutality. However, even legitimate and potentially necessary authority can be abused and misused by anyone with devastating consequences. Not only that, but just because these horrific acts were inflicted by officers of color doesn't mean that racism is no longer a relevant issue. From a therapeutic perspective, while there may be numerous reasons why officers of color contribute to police brutality, it has been shown that one of the reasons that is often influencing this is that individuals of color have been surrounded by messages of lack of worth and value for people of color, including themselves, that they seek out positions of authority, like law enforcement, in order to obtain a greater sense of value and worth. However, when they obtain those ranks and hope to be seen as more blue than black and are often discouraged when they are treated much the same, they go to even further lengths to prove that they're not like those other less than people of color by inflicting the same dehumanizing behaviors toward them. The unfortunate side effect is that by putting someone else under their feet, they do indeed try to feel better about themselves as a result all influenced by unwarranted race and ethnicity related hatred and enforced by misused authority, ultimately unsuccessful. Consideration number three, true reform includes consequences and change. No matter what the motivations may be for instances of police brutality or who inflicts them, change needs to happen. The focus can't stay on blaming the victims, justifying loss of life based on minor offenses or no offenses in situations of later admitted misinterpreted behaviors. Nor can the focus stay on blaming all law enforcement professionals or the existence of authority as a whole. I've had the opportunity to know and work with many law enforcement professionals over the years, personally and professionally, many of whom have made it clear that they are appalled by the actions of their fellow officers. 
That being said, it's also understandable that those in the community won't be impressed by this approval, disapproval or even outrage if it is not accompanied by corresponding action designed to hold themselves and the other fellow officers accountable for past actions and similarly take steps to reduce the likelihood of future actions that cause unnecessary harm to others. Many individuals more qualified than me can explore what policy changes need to take place to have the greatest impact. Whatever they are, though, they need to directly impact and, uh, and consequence those involved in those incidents and send a message to others as well, letting them know that similar consequences will await them if they have if they behave similarly. The point here is that simply uh, putting on a uniform doesn't automatically make a person bad. Neither is authority automatically corrupt. Many use authority given to them in genuine efforts to protect and serve those in the community. Unfortunately, authority can be abused by anyone for a variety of reasons. Many intentionally use the badge to give them permission to inflict hate. Others have unaddressed aggression and use the badge to unhealthily express it. And still, many others just don't know how to responsibly manage the authority given to them in a healthy way. And while consequences to deter negative action are indeed necessary, the focus must also be on working together to create a system of healthy and properly utilized authority that does more than just try not to harm, but that makes intentionally uh, intentional efforts to be clear in word and in action and how they are trying to have a positive impact in the community that is seeking to protect and serve. The goal would be a law enforcement system that does so much good that instances of police brutality are rare and or non-existent rather than the norm. That those outside and within law enforcement are outraged in word and in action and work together to maintain accountability for the past and doesn't just hope that things will get better, but are mutually invested in taking action to make things better. My hope for you is that no matter your role professionally or who you encounter personally, if you find yourself wrestling with how to feel when you hear instances of police brutality or even how to how to, how you feel when you hear others speaking of similar instances, that you will be able to avoid the temptation of focusing on excuse finding or broad blaming and instead focus on the value of the lives of everyone involved, especially those whose lives are historically minimized and ask yourself what you can do directly or indirectly to contribute to valuing and preserving the lives of everyone moving forward for yourself, for those whom you care about and for everyone else as well. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening to today's podcast on the Diversity Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity related questions that you'd like me to address in an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame free and empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive and difficult topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambertsfisher.com. And if you know of anyone else who could benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them to my link to this podcast or consider sharing with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available in paper and audiobook formats on Amazon.com. And I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com.
It's time we get back into the family business and become bus drivers. Metro Transit is looking for operators. So get on over to their hiring event on Saturday, February 4th from 9 until noon at the new North Loop Garage in Minneapolis on 8th Avenue. You can apply in person and get interviewed on the spot. And here's the best part. You can test drive one of their 40-foot Metro Transit buses. And don't worry, staff members will be on hand to help you navigate that thing. But you got this. And they've got up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus for you if you get hired. Now, all y'all know, we got kinfolk who have been Metro Transit bus drivers. Either your uncle, your cousin, grandpa, somebody. And they always had extra money in their pocket because this job pays well. And they've got good benefits. It's time we get back into the family business and become drivers. So get on over to the Metro Transit bus operator hiring event on Saturday, February 4th from 9 until noon and apply for one of these positions. You don't need experience and they'll pay for your training. You can't beat that. Just make sure you bring a valid driver's license and bring a friend. The more, the merrier. For more info, just go to metrotransit.org drive. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever, and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being.